Welcome to Faith Walking Conversations. In this episode, Marcos Leon and a group of faith walkers share a time of meditation and learning about practices that can nurture your soul. This week, they focus on the topic Rhythms of Sabbath, Embracing. This conversation was originally recorded in August of 2020. I want to remind you that Faith Walking's mission is to make wholeness possible for individuals, communities, and the world. Visit us at www.faithwalking.us. Join this conversation. Welcome to our weekly meditation and our weekly conversation about practices that are helpful to nurture our souls, especially in times that are demanding, like the times that we are living, right? So we have been exploring Sabbath and the rhythms of Sabbath. And today we're going to talk about the, the rhythm of embracing. And um, we, we talk about a couple other rhythms, uh, ceasing and resting. So actually, let me start by, by asking you, let's just start there before we jump into the embracing. What, uh, what are you learning? What things have been helpful? Has, has this somehow uh, modified something of your thinking or your being, especially uh, in the last couple of weeks? Who would like to share? It's been encouraging for me because in my own life, I'm kind of back as St. Benedict said, always we begin again. And I kind of feel like I'm, I'm back there again at a different place, but I'm, I'm back there again. So this resting and Sabbath and the components of it is just very timely. Yeah. Yeah. That's great, Trish. And I like how you, you say we're always starting, I mean, the quote, um, because I think we are always starting. You know, I, I, will, I wish I, will, can, I can say I pass Sabbath, <laughs> you know, I, I nail it. It seems that uh, we have better moments. And, and so I think it's Henry Nouwen. He has a, a, an understanding of the spiritual formation not as uh, stages, right? That you get there, okay, you, you, you got it. But more like movements, like, you know, I, I imagine the movement from one place to another. And he is very intentional in saying, and the movements are not, okay, you move once, that's it, you got it. <laughs> but I was, <laughs> it's like three steps forward, right? And two steps backward. And, 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 but eventually our lives move towards to a place when we move from, Restlessness, let's put it that way, to 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 resting in God, to sap, you know. But I like how you put it. It's, it's like that. So we we are always learning. Or we're always starting, indeed. It's great. Yeah. Anything else, Judy? So. Um, it, it's been helpful to me in terms of finding just times of Sabbath during the day and during the week. Um, 
but I still feel like I need to find a way to set aside a day, and I'm having trouble with that. Um, you know, I think I think it can be done, but it's got some real kind of rearranging, and it just has to do with. You would think it'd be easy during this time. Uh, it should be, but it's not. <laughs> Uh, because of the various things I have going on and responsibilities I have. And uh, I have to kind of figure out how that can happen. And uh, so that's where I am with that. Thanks for sharing. So it's so real. It's so real. Judith, go ahead. Yeah. Um... For me, it's it's a new lesson to learn, um, and it's something I've known. It's it's taking a Sabbath rest has been something I would talk about, but not very good at practicing. And so this is coming at a very good time. And and as Saul says, it's hard to find a day. So I'm happy if I can find Sabbath moments at this point, um, and and make that work, especially as a priest. Um, Sunday as Sabbath isn't Sabbath for me because that's when I'm involved most. Um, and what I have found that works for me is that after um, our services on Zoom with our congregation, I'm able to go over to the um, National Cathedral website and worship with the National Cathedral. Um, and that's where I find my Sabbath, um, at least on Sunday, is that opportunity to be still and uh, and worshiping in that way. So it's it's just finding those those places. Um, I have, and I don't know if I said this last week or not, um, I, I've been dealing with some depression and anxiety for the last year, um, which is a, a real nuisance. And one thing that helps a whole lot is getting out for walks um, and taking, I, I've been taking a lot of photographs of flowers. Um, Hillsdale is a lovely community. And um, that gets the focus off of me. And it, it helps me to focus on nature and something else. And it's been, that's been very therapeutic. So my, my walks are a form of Sabbath. Yeah, Judy, thank you for sharing too, so clearly. And, and you know, it's real. You know, I have to admit that even... I am not a, uh, in charge of a con congregation. I'm not a pastor or leading a congregation. But uh, yeah, I I I chosen I chosen not to make Sunday my Sabbath because it is so filled with uh, in a way with activity. Maybe it's the season in life for me with little kids. You know, going to church is a, is a project and uh, it's an operation. But um, I, I have found. Uh, Things like that, and yeah, we're learning. Yeah, may God provide more and more. Reflex those muscles of seven moments, and eventually finding a day. And uh, yeah, it's beautiful to to think that we are moving into that direction, right? And eventually, um, it seems also today that you mentioned how joy, in in a way, is is walking. Is taking pictures of flowers, is nature, and I think that is very connected with Sarah. And, and probably we will touch on that uh, in the next two rhythms. But Sabbath is not only the ceasing and and the rest. You know, you know. Okay, I need to rest. We, we talked about that last week, but 
it is embracing and it is celebrating. And to do that, we need to find a place of joy. I don't know what other word I can use, right? To embrace. So, yeah. Thank you for sharing. It is, it is good to remember and to see that we're all in this, what all of us are in this together in a way. So, okay, well, let's, let's go and start a conversation about uh, embracing, the rhythm of embracing, right? That is the invitation. So, we, I, I like to start by um, just reminding us, you know, the, the, the four rhythms that we are exploring, ceasing, we talk about that in the past, resting, embracing, and feasting. That will be the celebrating, the last rhythm next week. As a reminder, too, you know, in the context of faith walking, you know, where I see those big points of connection as we are thinking of Sabbath. Sabbath is part of our spiritual practices. Sabbath is, is part of, of uh, actually practices that we encourage people uh, to, to, deal, to, to become a less anxious presence. Right in our curriculum, but I believe that it talks about boundaries and the healthy recognition of our limits. I, I think that is there is something humbling, extremely healthy in us, because without recognition of limits, we cannot define who we are. You know, we we, we are convinced that we don't do this intentionally, but we believe that we are God, <laughs> or that we are stronger. We can do more. I have that tendency, so it is healthy to be reminded of my own limits. Reflective life as a practice, a space for intimacy and realignment with God is fundamental. We don't know what to obey. We don't know how to be in community if we don't have this space in God. And it is a place of integrity. You know, when we come back to our own design, God designed us for Sabbath. And um, so those are few of, of the points that I see the connection. So two verses in every rhythm, uh, not necessarily only of the rhythm, but I love to put some context, some biblical context into this invitation of Sabbath. First verse in the Old Testament, Isaiah 58. Keep the Sabbath day holy. Don't pursue your own interests on that day, but enjoy Sabbath. And I speak of it with the light as the Lord, Lord's holy day. Honor the Sabbath in everything you do on that day. And don't follow your own desires or talk idly. Then the Lord will be your delight. I will give you great honor and satisfy you with the inheritance I promised to your ancestor Jacob. I, the Lord, have spoken. So, again, you know, it's this, this promise, this, this invitation, this commandment. There is all, all of this is embedded in this idea of Sabbath. That it goes beyond the commandment. It starts there, right? It talks about enjoy and delight. And eventually, it talks about satisfaction, inheritance. All promises coming back. And the truth is, I don't know how you do with your promises, the promises that you feel God is inviting you to hold dearly in your heart, that he's making to you. It is usually in those moments of ceasing and resting and coming back to God. But I'm reminded, refreshed with those promises. 
And I don't know what I will do with that. <laughs> Unless you have a temperament or time to be very reflective in your life, chances are that you have to be intentional to create that. And this is an invitation from God. I, I, I am reminded, you know, I, in, in a very oversimplified way, probably you can say that after Egypt, after being the slaves, the, the Israelites were invited to, to, to live in a different way. You know, and pretty much they say, love God, love others, and keep the Sabbath. You can re reduce, right, into this. There is something about Sabbath that is important for God. So that's one passage. The other passage, Jesus, in Matthew 8, 23, 24. You know this passage, you, you, for sure. And you, you might wonder, how is this connected with Sabbath? But, uh, the passage reads, Then Jesus got into the boat and started across the lake with his disciples. Suddenly, a first storm struck the lake with waves breaking into the boat. Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went and woke him up, shouting, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. You know, and I see this connection with Sabbath because isn't that amazing to think that Jesus will be able to sleep in the midst of a storm? And I see it as the invitation. This, this rings truth in my heart. This is the invitation. Sometimes I feel from God, Marcos, your life is a storm. <laughs> Sometimes it feels like, feels like it. And the waves, and it seems that the last thing ever to be able to do is to sleep and to rest. So the way that I read this passage sometimes is the invitation that Jesus makes me to, to, to be with him, to join him in Sabbath, sometimes feels like very responsible. Uh, you know, mommy, I'm going to sleep in the midst of the storm. This is very dear to me, you know, when I, I came to know the Lord years ago, it was a very disorienting time of my life. Without telling you, telling you all the things that were causing stress and anxiety in this disorienting time, I remember, literally, without knowing much of God or much of the Bible yet, I remember being able to cast my burden on the Lord and falling asleep. And I cannot tell you how many times I fell asleep that way. Tears, you know, casting my burden sometimes brought tears to my, my eyes. But I was able to say, and here is Lord is yours. Now I can sleep. And I will curl and sleep peacefully. Sabbath. That was, the, in a way, the Sabbath that the Lord was inviting me to. Let's go ahead. Let's talk about embracing, okay? Remember, we seize, we rest, now we embrace. Marva Dawn writes, the important point in all our imitation of God is its deliberate intentionality. We don't just think God's values are good. We embrace them wholly. To embrace is to accept with gusto, to live to the health to choose with extra intentionality and tenacity. So here is one of those things that I believe God, uh, if, if you can also oversimplify and make, okay, what's what God's going to do? What's going to have to do? What is the things that we're going to do together? Right? One of the things that God invites me is to be intentional. He leads me. The love of God is not at stake, 
but you know he invites me to be intentional about the things that he invites me to do and embrace. So let's touch on, on a few points. What is God inviting us to embrace on a Sabbath day? So the first thing, uh, intentionality. You know, embrace your part in this deal. <laughs> let's put it that way, in this covenant, right? This is not causality. So you, you don't get Sabbath because you're intentional, but this is the invitation of God in the midst of the This is your part. So think of the, 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 the deeply rooted habits and culture, right? Culture of productivity, I will say, especially for the Occident, uh, people who live in the Western world, and the intentionality to define myself. So any, anybody who, who talks about habits knows how, how it works, right? There is a work in process. Uh, there's a process to, to, to do when you want to create a habit. They say the habit is, is done in 21 days. And there's a lot of good, good things to read about it. But you have to face uh, some resistance. There's an intentionality that somehow it is like the, like the waves. When people want to get into the ocean and they're at the beach, they have to break through the waves, right? And the waves are always bringing them to the shore. So they have to actually be intentional in breaking to the waves. I have this memory right now of this movie um, with Tom Hanks when he is uh, in an island. I forget right now the name of the movie, but he's trying to to, to get leave the uh, the island. And he has a big problem trying to be intentional to be able to break the the, uh, the waves. So we have to. to, to to be intentional. We have to embrace our intentionality. And, and let me tell you, not only for Sabbath, but our intentionality for God. So chances are that it's going to be at the beginning hard. So we have to embrace our choice. I like the, the, word, the, the, the word choice. Edith Egger says about choice, choice the, the following. We don't know where we're going. We don't know what's going to happen. But no one can take away from you, what you put in, in our mind, in your own mind. So there is something of our choice. And I think that is what God invites us to do. Follow me. Where? Follow me. But where? <laughs> Follow me. Be intentional. Choose. And that is the choice of intentionality. Um, so what meaning do we give to Sabbath? Right? What, what does it mean? And then this is not right or wrong. This is a question just to say how important it is. the meaning that you assign to Sabbath will make it more or less important for you. And I always say this. Remember, the love of God is not at stake, right? It is just the, the consequence sometimes. You know, if we, if we don't stop, uh, that's a consequence that we have. So intentionality needs to incarnate in specific choices. So this is the last point. We talk about intentionality as a concept, but it becomes a choice and it has to overcome resistance, but it has to incarnate. So I love in this aspect how the embodiment or, or even the, the value of ritual, the, the Hebrew culture, you know, for Sabbath, you have candles, you have a specific kind of food that you prepare and you have a whole you know, a list of things that, that go. It's very interesting. If, you, if you're interested, go for it. 
look at it. But that intentionality embodies and incarnates things in things. I, I have a little story even thinking of Sabbath and my kids. My kids are small, you know, seven, six, and two, and the other one that is coming. So, so wow, how we become intentional. And just the idea of, of having Sabbath on Friday evening is when we start. And we lit a candle at dinner, right? And that candle we say, usually my wife will lit the candle and she will say, Jesus is the light of the world. And we all respond, be the light of ourselves. You know, and it is as simple as that, but it's something different that we do. And we remind ourselves of our intentionality. And the kids will tell me something, but we'll talk about they are at this state of life excited about Sabbath. Yay, Sabbath, right? Anyway, intentionality is the first thing that we embrace. Then we are invited to embrace also the values of a Christian community. You know, this is the, the, the good and fun part. And I would say is is the defining part, is the healthy part, is the Reminding myself who I am part of the Sabbath, right? Values that are rooted in Christ. And that is what we, we come back to the essence. It's not necessarily the law. It is the Christ. This is the work of God, the word of Christ, the reflection of, of the work of God in Christ. So we cease inculturation, you know, that's the first thing. Now we embrace chosen values. In, in our Sabbath, we design this little thing with, the, with my wife. You know, my kids are in the age that they, they play with blocks. So we create a little seven, seven different, different blocks, pieces of blocks that you, you put the, the first and the second, and they form a little house. And they are normal blocks. We just were creative putting that. And the first block is, is devotion to God. And then the next block is respect. and contentment so and suddenly here you have we we put our little house with blocks and remember our values these are the values for our family and it helps you know for our kids so that's what we embrace on sabbath values create culture you know i i put uh, in the notes of of uh, uh, this uh, this conversation uh, this little youtube video um is very interesting this is a professor of economy in Harvard talking about how um, religion is important for democracy, right? And this is not meant to be political or anything, but he just talks about his experience with a Chinese PhD, right, who came to, to do some studies here, and they were talking about culture and society. And this Chinese PhD, very smart and intelligent man, Marxist, says, you know, I see the value of, of religion for democracy. And she said, what do you mean? Say, well, the truth is that religion uh, invites people to obey the law. And my gosh, how different it is when people obey the law because they have a value like that that came out of religion. How easier is that to keep democracy working instead of the need to create a value in any other different way? Anyway, if you're interested, is a couple minutes video. Values indeed create culture. And that's what we live as a, as a Christian people, as followers of Christ. It's a place of realignment with God that somehow 
is also bearing witness over across time and across generations and across borders. You know, so think of of the huge culture that we are part of, from the Israelites to people in Central America, in Africa. So that brings a lot of context and is an invitation. Is the same invitation to worship God, to trust God, to choose peace, to find our purpose, to focus on God. How beautiful is that being part of that, of that huge culture? It's beyond culture, it's identity. Right? So that's what we embrace. So this is the realignment of your own identity and your own community. In terms of faith walking, it is a place where we differentiate ourselves. So we embrace values of Christian community. I'm not going to go in all the values, but you're going to touch a, a couple of things that are important into that. So what 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 is what we embrace too? We embrace time instead of space. And this is actually put more in ter- terms of, of Kronos and Kairos. And probably you are familiar with those two terms, right? So Kronos sees time as, as this linear, you know, aspect. One thing happens here, another thing happens is, and pretty much you need a space to fill that. I mean, if, if something is occupying that space, you cannot do it because something else is there, right? So you, you actually see time as, as a, that you put active tasks or, or to-dos in a space. Right? It happens first, second, third. But then you have this, this concept of kairos as a time of God. At the time when God decided, in the time that was fulfilled, at the right and precise time that comes from God, things happen. And God revealed himself and Messiah, the Messiah came. So the invitation, you, you see that in, in, in Jesus, uh, walking always with a sense of time that was not so linear. He had a destiny. You can see that in that sense, seem a little bit like Kronos. But it was, it was the time of God. What is God doing right now? You know, the passage of the woman who was uh, sick for for 18 years with bleeding, right? And you see in the context that he is in the midst of something else, right? They are inviting him to go to see Jairus, to, to see the, the, the daughter of this important man. And there's a lot of people around it. So you can tell he was on the task. He was important. You know, and the disciples were saying, Jesus, this is going to work well. This is, let's do it. And this... I'm going to call it without lack of respect, but let's say this nobody lady touches him. And you see that Jesus responds to Kairos. He, he discerns that this is the presence right now. I love to be like that. <laughs> I, know what I, mean. I love to be less bothered by you know, interruptions or things like that. I, I love to, to have this radar ready to say, oh, this is God inviting me. I can tell you a few times when I felt that by the grace of God, I've been more like that. But but Sabbath is in a space in which you can seize of the tyranny of the urgent, the chronos, okay? There's no time, there's no time, there's no time. There's so many things to do. Now, the time now is kairos, is, is trusting. This is the time. This is the most important thing that I need to do. Awaken to God's invitation in a given time. Being present to God in God. I, I say it this way. To God in God, yes, God in the Bible, God, God in worship, or to God in others. 
in this person and in that person, in my kids, in my wife, or God in me, inviting me to, to do something, to say something, to stop something. So we embrace time instead of space. We embrace giving instead of requiring. Right? We live in a cultural world, and I'm not judging, but this is cultural, right? This is the tendency that is always asking, requiring, is accumulating, is consuming, is telling us that there is not enough, right? Whatever it is, there's not enough. It's, it's, a, it's self referential or even others referential, right? Others, and sometimes we are not very well differentiated. We're always trying to feel whatever other people demand of us. But the, Instead of that invitation is, is to be God's reference. God is the, the point of reference. Like a Trinitarian perspective, you see Father, Son, and Holy Spirit always giving, always talking, always emptying themselves, trusting that the other will, will fill them. So it is about giving. Acts 20, 35, um, Paul is talking about generosity. And I have been constant example for you Example of how you can help those in need by working hard. He's talking about his own example to the Ephesians. You should remember the words of the Lord Jesus. It's more blessed to give than to receive. So Sabbath is a time to give. And you know, you can, you can start by even giving, giving financially. I mean, it has been a, a time in which if I'm going to make a decision of giving, if we are is it, it's not just that decision, say, I'm going to give every time. You can do it online, right? <laughs> right now. But when there is a, a, at least a space, you say, Lord, what are you asking me to give? It can be things that you don't use anymore. It can be your time. It can be financial resources. Actually, in First Corinthians 16, Paul has a, a real clear of Sabbath giving, <laughs> right? Take away the first day of the week. Put apart. Put apart. So is an embrace of giving, and that sounds countercultural, especially if it is hard for us because of anxiety and restlessness of not having enough time, not having enough. Anyway, let's move forward. Uh, we embrace also our calling in life. I really believe that this is beautiful. You know, I believe the mediation of God's Spirit in my true design, desire, and purpose is embracing self. You know, sometimes if I don't stop, I forget. I think COVID has been a great example of that. Many of us have kind of remembered a little bit of who we want to be and who we are. And Sabbath is the time when we have not only time, but it's the space and the spirit reminds us. Thumping your, your unique qualities given by God. A footprint, what is the legacy? What is the purpose of God in your life? You know, Steve Machia talks about those terms very, very openly. Sabbath pause helps me remember who God is and who I am. It's a place of higher perspective, higher discernment. You know, they say what beauty draws your heart in a special way, or what suffering pierces your heart in a special way. How can God be speaking to you about that calling in life? Now remember, this is a tension always between trust and action. So it is the work of the law, right? The law will fulfill his, pur his purpose for me. 
Your steadfast love, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the work of your hands. But Sabbath is the time where we can embrace this calling. We embrace also wholeness. I'm not going to say a lot about wholeness. We talk a lot about wholeness in daily walking, and I think it's good. But what does it mean to embrace wholeness? Reconciliation with God. Wholeness in my reconciliation with myself, with others. Shalom. Remember, we talk about resting intellectually, physically, emotionally. Wholeness, reconciliation with myself, you know, reconciliation with others, the, the bitterness in my relationships. I just say, I love this quote from Maya Angelou that says, you don't need another person, place, or thing to make you whole. God already, already did that. Your job is to know it. And we don't know it often. We don't know it in culture. We know it, I believe, in Sabbath, in intimacy with God. That's a space, at least, the invitation to embrace our wholeness in Sabbath. And finally, we embrace the world. You know, in Sabbath, we have this place in which we can be so defined and, and embrace who we are in such a way that from Sabbath, from that place, we can embrace the world, the broken world, the needy world, the unsatisfied world. We don't do it to save the world. That's the God's task. But we do it to love the world. And the truth is, without that space in me, I cannot. I'm always running away or against the world. Sabbath gives me what I need. Again, Henry Nowen talks about from solitude to community and to ministry, right? It's in solitude, it's in Sabbath and the resting place with God where we get what we need in grace. Marva Dawn writes, uh, as a result, Sabbath keeping changes the world. The practice does not remove us from the world as some sort of oddballs would retreat every seven days into our own private religious sphere. Rather, it plunges us more deeply into the world and its needs because it carries us more deeply into the heart and purposes of God. Beautiful words. That is, that is the change, the movement from, from me to others. This is the movement from this... Reality, what I need, Lord, into this Sabbath that suddenly engages into this movement outside to, to, to find God in action in a world that needs Him. So, there you have some things to embrace with intentionality. Right? So, what are you present to? As we talk about these things, what rings or touches your heart, or pulls or, or pushes something in you? I, I think it just uh, spoke to me and stood out to me the whole, um, just the whole thing of being intentional and choosing. And I'm reminded of the passage in Deuteronomy where the Lord said, choose life. I hold before you this day, 
life and death, choose life. Yeah. It is powerful, very powerful to just to acknowledge that this is something that God lives in us, the choice. You choose. And it is not a, a choosing of uh, lack of love. or it is, it is a choosing of love. It is the freedom of. It has to be your choice. Follow me. It has to be your choice. It has to start there. So how, how this choice or the reminder of this choice for Sabbath, uh, you know, can change. What, what do I choose? What, what do I do? What I don't do? We're talking faith working about uh, differentiation of self in, in a way. It's choosing or guide, uh, guiding principles. What, what I, I like how we say it. We say being differentiated is being able to articulate clearly who I am and who I am not. What do I do and why I, what do I, I don't do? What do I need and what I don't need? And beyond the psychological impact of that, that is very powerful, going to the spiritual impact. Now what is the impact of recognizing that is a choice? God has given me a choice. Great, so thank you. I'm thinking as we're talking about when we choose to practice Sabbath and have that intentionality, um, what really resonated with me was our, our calling in life. And I enjoyed hearing how, Marcos, you practice Sabbath with your little ones. And that is just, oh, that's so neat. I, I think it's so great to be placing those values into your kids in such a creative and way that they're excited about it. Um, my husband and I became empty nesters last summer. So um, I was trying to jot down, but you said what beauty draws my heart and what suffering pierces my soul. And I have found that to be really too true for myself and what God has prepared for me to do or where he wants my compassion to to unfold so to speak specifically for me and even in practicing sabbath having like specific practices that for me i mean i'm not going to do it like you it's going to be between me and the lord and it's just it's really neat to think of that i don't have to put it in a little box yes so it's great trees may god Breathe into that seeking of your heart, you know, and, and he does. If, if I can add a, a little bit of a story, some prayer that has, that is just born in between Julie and me. I mean, you're talking about intentionality for your calling in life. And so that is a, a common conversation and I won't go into details between Julie, my wife and I, but, uh, the, it was Sabbath. It was this Sabbath when we talk and say, what if the prayer that we both had, she was sharing that with me and said, I want to do it with you. We have been in ministry before together, right? And we enjoy it. And now season with kids is very different. And so the prayer now is, uh, Lord, will you, will you give us clarity about the ministry together before she is 50? So it is like, what? Yes. 
that is the prayer. That is the desire of our hearts. That is our value. When we fall in love, we fall in love because God produced that in us, but we fall in love because God's heart in each other. And, and kids and family had taken us into things. Yes, you can tell that I feel that I'm fulfilling some of my calling in life, but it's different for her. And, uh, and suddenly we come together. So it works individually and it works also. So I'm excited praying, Lord, give us a ministry to serve you together before Julie is 50, with her age. There's a few years to wait, but anyway. Beautiful. Chris, thank you. All of this gives me a lot to think about, but I was especially struck by just the phrase, the tyranny of the urgent. I've heard that before many times, and um, and it's easy, so easy to give into that, especially um, since I'm still working and I have multiple roles. Um, and and I do know, um, for me, the, the blessing always comes when I'm focusing on, on people, not on accomplishments, not on getting stuff done, but on the people that I'm with. Um, just I need to be reminded and and I want more so much more to look to find God in others um, especially now um, when it's a little more challenging yeah Judith may all may God also breathe into into that that seed that he has planted and mm-hmm. it's so so real I've been reading lately uh, Henry Nowen, but he also talks very clearly about how it is uh, God through contemplation, how he redeems, uh, he will say time, that he will make the same distinction, Kronos and Kairos. Uh, There's no other way. And and Sabbath is there, not only because it's the invitation to, to to rest in God, but because it's a space where we can create that time to to actually yes to 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 contemplate to meditate to consider time not as as you know the master that I'm a slave of time actually I am a slave of time I have too many things too many commitments too many maybe it is a natural tendency for me to be anxious about things you know and think a lot about what needs to be done. But the, it comes Sabbath, and when the time is, it's not a race in a way, but it's changed to this kairos, right? And it connects all that we have said. This is who I am. This is the intentionality, and I say yes. It's a choice. And actually, when I see, when I, I, I spend 10 seconds with that self, <laughs> the self that God is making me to be, I discover the same, oh my gosh, I want to love well. Becomes the light and the sight. And the Lord says, and, and light in the Lord, and He will give you the desire of your heart. So you see, it is very connected with all that we are talking about. It doesn't happen necessarily just because we have a great project, you know, to improve ourselves and be great spiritual masters. <laughs> it happens in the, in the intentionality and simplicity in the movements of, of tasting what the Lord is inviting us to taste. So, well, thank you. Great conversation. Great, great conversation. And it's time. So I'd like to, to 
thank you for being here and and share this this our blessing blessing which we use to bless each other hopefully until next week may the lord bless you and keep you may the lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Thank you. For more information about Faith Walking, visit us at www.faithwalking.us. We want to remind you that Faith Walking exists because of your financial support. Please consider giving at faithwalking.us slash donate. Thank you for listening. Until I see the Christ in you Till I'm looking through the eyes of love Till I'm looking through the eyes of love